It is great to see you. I'm Pastor Morris Brown, and on behalf of our community of faith, we are so glad that you're here with us in person or you're watching online. Uh, we hope that you had a great Thanksgiving, and we're excited about this Advent season. Uh, this morning, we want to begin our uh, season as we share uh, scripture with you from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. We begin in chapter 9, and we'll be reading selected verses. So let me invite you, if you're here in person, to stand, and if you're listening online, to listen well. The prophet writes these words, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on his father David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty shall accomplish this. May God add God's blessings to this reading of this ancient text and help us to understand how we might apply it to our lives this Advent season. Thank you so much, and you may be seated. Let's pray together. Gracious Lord, for the gift of this day, we give you thanks for the gift of this season in which we anticipate the birth of our Lord. We pray, O oh Lord, that your spirit would be our teacher this day as we reflect on this text and that you would speak to us your words of light in the midst of darkness. We ask all these things in Christ's holy name. Amen. So as you've already heard, today is the first Sunday of the season of Advent. Now, Advent is a Latin word that simply means coming. And in this season, what we're called to do is prepare for the coming celebration of the birth of our Lord and the good news that he brings to all of us through that birth. But we're also called to remember that one day Christ will return again. Return again to set the world right. Return again to remind us that whatever has happened, all is well. All is well. Now, there are lots of ways that we can prepare for this season. Uh, we light candles on the Advent wreath. We decorate our church and our homes uh, we sing Christmas songs, we watch Christmas movies, we attend candlelight services on Christmas Eve, and we exchange presents on Christmas morning to celebrate the joy of the season, to celebrate the gift of Christ our Lord. This year, however, at Christ Church, we're going to be preparing for the celebration of our Lord's birth in another way, in a way that may seem a little bit strange to some of you. We're going to share a worship series entitled, a very Beatles Christmas. And over the course of this Advent toward Christmas season, we're going to use some Beatles songs like The Long and Winding Road, All You Need Is Love, Let It Be, and Happy Christmas to help us prepare for the celebration of our Lord's birth. Now, today, we obviously begin with the popular Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun. So let me give you a little bit of background around the song. I think it will help us to understand its implication for our lives. Here Comes the Sun was actually written by George Harrison in 1969. Now, Harrison wrote the song during a very dark and difficult time for all of the Beatles. There had been a lot of infighting that was plaguing the group. Harrison had become frustrated with the business side of being a professional musician. And he had a particularly tough couple of months that included having his tonsils removed. Now, that would be minor, minor surgery for most of us, right? But for someone who makes their living singing, it was a major, major surgery. Anyway, the combination of all of these things 
led a very depressed Harrison to temporarily quit the band that year. As he put it in an interview, that winter I was just done. So I went over to Eric Clapton's house. Wouldn't you like to go to Eric Clapton's house if you're depressed? He said, I went over to Eric Clapton's house to get away from it all. And while I was there, while I was there, I decided to take a walk in the garden with my guitar. And as I walked through Eric's garden, the sun began to break through the dark and dreary clouds of our seemingly endless English winter. And when it did, he said, well, the lyrics to the song, they just came to me in a flash. In a time of sadness and frustration and difficulty and depression and darkness, I realized that as difficult and dark as things had become in my life, all hope, all hope was not gone. The sun was still there. And whatever happened, one day it would shine brightly again in my life. And all would be well. You know, as I read the story of George Harrison's inspiration for Here Comes the Sun, I couldn't help but think about the scripture that we read this morning from the prophet Isaiah. That's because this scripture was written for some people who were experiencing sadness and frustration and difficulty and darkness in their lives. The year was 586 B.C. The people of Jerusalem had just suffered a crushing defeat at the hands of the Babylonian Empire. The walls of the city had been torn down. The temple had been burned to the ground. And the Jewish king, Hezekiah, he had been forced to watch his sons be executed before his own eyes were plucked out. Then the king and the rest of the family and the people in the city were forced to walk to Babylon in chains where they would serve as captives for the next 70 years. Folks, these people were walking in darkness. They were living in a land of the shadow of death. And like George Harrison, they were feeling sad. They were feeling frustrated. They were feeling down. They were feeling depressed. They were feeling overwhelmed by the darkness they were experiencing in their lives. They felt like all hope was gone. And yet in the face of the darkness they were experiencing, something incredible happened. The prophet Isaiah emerged and said, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light shall dawn. A son shall be born. A child shall be given. Seeing the darkness and the difficulty of their lives, the words of Isaiah, like the words of George Harrison's song, Offer the Israelites hope. Now here's the question. What do Isaiah's words have to say to you and I? How do Isaiah's words connect with our lives as you and I begin this Advent toward Christmas season? Let me suggest some ways. First, the words of Isaiah remind us that sometimes we all find ourselves walking in darkness, right? I mean, think about it. The Israelites were God's people, but they walk in darkness. George Harrison was a beetle, but he was walking in darkness. The point is, life is never complete sunshine for anyone. Instead, at some point in life, at some point in all of our lives, we will find ourselves walking in darkness. 
in difficulty, in the valley of the shadow of death. And we know that, don't we? We know that because as we enter this Advent season, some of us are already there. For example, as we enter this Advent season, some of us may be walking in relational darkness. In other words, our relationship with our spouse or a child or a friend or a co-worker in our life is not what we want it to be. As we enter this Advent season, some of us may be walking in vocational darkness. We may be struggling with a change in our job or the loss of our job in this season. Or some of us may be struggling with a difficult career decision that will not only impact our lives, but the lives of people we love. As we enter this Advent season, some of us may be walking in physical darkness. Maybe we're battling a life-threatening disease, or maybe we're already worn out by the chaos of the season. As we enter this Advent, some of us may be walking in psychological darkness. I mean, in the season of joy, where everyone is celebrating, we may be down and depressed. I think the poet Robert Frost speaks for Saul when he writes these words. He says, I have been acquainted with the night. I have walked in the rain and out of the rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have been acquainted with the night. The first thing Isaiah's words remind us of are this. Sometimes we all find ourselves walking in darkness. Second, however, the words of Isaiah remind us that when we walk in darkness, we have not been forgotten. We have not been forgotten. I love a story about a couple that was taking a walk with some friends who, who lived on a farm. Now, as they walked, uh, the farmer uh, whistled for his dog. And to the couple's amazement, uh, the farmer's dog came running, herded the sheep that he had into the barn, and then reached up and latched the barn door with his paw. That's some dog, the farmer's friend said. What's her name? Farmer thought for a minute and he said, uh, What do you call that red flower that smells good and has thorns on the stem? His friend said, A rose? That's it, the farmer responded. Then turning to his wife, the farmer said, Hey, Rose, what did we name that dog? It's a silly story. But it reminds us that sometimes we feel forgotten. As the people of Jerusalem stood by and helplessly watched the Babylonians destroy their city, as they stood by powerlessly and watched the enemies burn the temple to the ground, as their captors tied them in chains and led them away to service in a foreign land, they felt like God had abandoned them, like God had forgotten them. Like the psalmist in Psalm 42, they must have cried out, Oh Lord, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Like the psalmist in Psalm 22, they may have cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the truth is, when you and I find ourselves walking in darkness, we may feel the same. God, why have you forgotten me? God, why have you abandoned me? But the truth, Isaiah reminds us, is that God has not forgotten us. God has not abandoned us. As he said to those Israelites walking in darkness, those who walk in darkness shall see a great light. On those living in a land of deep darkness, a light shall dawn. 
In other words, folks, in the midst of complete and utter darkness, you may think God has forgotten you. You may feel as though God has forgotten you. You may think there is no hope, but there is hope. God is with you. And somehow, someway, God will come to your aid. Which leads us to the third thing this text says to us. Namely, Isaiah reminds us that when we walk in darkness, God never fails to send the Son who is a source of light in our lives. To those who walk in deep darkness, Isaiah says, God will send a great light. On those living in the land of a shadow of death, a great light will shine. For unto you a child shall be born, unto you a son shall be given. Now, for the people of Jerusalem, that child, that son, was interpreted as a new king who would one day lead them out of captivity back to their homeland. And for the early Christians, that son, that child, was obviously the historical Jesus who came to the world as the babe of Bethlehem and would grow up to be called the light of the world. But for us, that son, that child, is also Jesus the Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. The one whom Richard Rohr calls the cosmic or risen Christ, who is not bound by time or space. And he is the light of our world, and he comes to us in the midst of our darkness and our long, cold, lonely winters to shine his light in many different ways. For example, when we walk in darkness, he might shine God's light in the form of a friend. Who simply calls to encourage us. In our long, cold, lonely winter, he might shine God's light through a book that gives us a new insight that helps us deal with the challenge we're facing in our lives. When we walk in darkness, he may shine God's light through the verse of Scripture that penetrates our heart and offers us a promise. In our long, cold, lonely winter, he might shine God's light through the words of a song that lifts us up. When we walk in darkness, he might shine God's light through a dog who joyfully greets us at the end of a day or a cat who curls up in our lap. In our long, cold, lonely winter, he might shine God's light through the laughter of a child. There are so many ways that Christ comes to us, that Christ shines his light in our lives to offer us comfort and hope in the midst of difficult and dark times. As the English poet and Jesuit priest Gerard Manley Hopkins so beautifully puts it in his poem as Kingfisher's Catch Fire, Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs, lovely in eyes, not his. When you and I walk in darkness, God always sends the sun who is a source of light for our lives. We just have to look for it. Finally, however, Isaiah reminds us that when we walk in darkness, we must focus, focus on the light that God sends. To the people who walked in darkness, the prophet Isaiah offers a promise. He says, a great light will shine. Now, it wouldn't take away the darkness in their lives immediately. They would be in captivity for 70 years. But it would give them something to hold on to in the midst of a difficult time. 
One of my favorite books over the years has been Man's Search for Meaning uh, by Dr. Viktor Frankl. In the early 20th century, uh, Frankl was imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp for three long years. In his book, Frankl talks about the fact that when he was in prison there in Auschwitz, he was part of a work detail that was led outside the camp early each morning while it was still dark. He said as he carried his shovel to the place where he would be forced to work, he would see a small light coming from the window of a German farmhouse. Frankl writes, when I'd see that light there in the darkness, I would focus on it. Every day in the midst of starvation and torture and darkness and death, I would focus on that light and somehow, some way, it would give me hope. The hope I needed to hang on. The hope I needed to get through. See, focusing on the light he saw in the window gave Victor Frankl comfort and hope in the midst of his darkness. And focusing on the sun breaking through the dark clouds of an English winter gave George Harrison hope that his life would go on, that all would be well. I don't know what source of light God may send to you in this Advent season, but I do know this. If you will focus on the light that God sends, it can give you the hope you need to hang on until the ice begins to melt and a new day dawns. So let me ask you this morning. Are you or is someone that you know walking in darkness as we begin this Advent toward Christmas season? Are you or is someone that you know in the midst of a long, cold, lonely winter? If so, the prophet Isaiah has good news for you and for them. Sometimes we all, sometimes we all find ourselves walking in darkness. But when we walk in darkness, we must remember we have not been forgotten. We must trust that God will send the Son a source of light. And if we will focus on the light that God sends, it will give us the hope that we need. It may not take away the darkness immediately, but it will help us to hang on until the ice starts slowly melting and the sky begins to clear and a smile returns to our face as a new day dawns on Christmas morning. Until that time, may the words and the melody of George Harrison's song echo in our hearts. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. And I say, it's all right. It's all right. Sun, sun, sun. Here he comes. Let's pray together. Oh, gracious Lord, for the gift of this great Beatles song, we give you thanks. But we also give you thanks for the words of Isaiah. For in those words, there are promises made to us in the midst of our darkness. That when we feel overwhelmed by difficult things that are going on in our lives, you have not forgotten us. You are with us, and you will send the sun to us to shine somehow, some way in our lives. Help us to focus on that light that comes. Help us to hang on until one day the darkness breaks apart and the sun shines brightly in our lives again. We ask all these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.